Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the Power, to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. your host Ryan Gable and you're listening to the Secret Teachings Radio right here on the Fringe FM Monday May 3rd 2021 still out of the studio I'm broadcasting tonight from Phoenix Mesa Arizona in my opinion one of the best places to live the whole state of Arizona and the entire country known as the United States I love Arizona so much I love the South I learned how much I love the South on this trip that I've been taking. For those of you who don't know, we've been out of the studio in New York, West Bloomfield, which is just south of Rochester, New York, for about two weeks and change, and we'll probably be gone. I'm not really sure about the the remainder of the trip in terms of time, just a few more weeks, not too much longer. And last week, we did a couple of updated broadcasts. I thought about doing kind of like a, a secret teaching series called Trip Log or Travel Log, uh, just talking about the things that we've experienced on the trip and some of the things that I've maybe noticed and things that were pointed out to me, some perspectives that I, I want to share with you on the show. Uh, we're going to do a lot of that tomorrow night because uh, Hope will be with us tomorrow. And we were going to talk a little bit about traveling across country and seeing the wide open land and seeing how much land is actually available. And you can say, sure, it's private property or it's BLM land, the Bureau of Land Management. And some of that property or some of that land is it's somewhere that we would, wouldn't really want to live. We don't like the climate. But the idea is, you know, there's plenty of land for humans if humans lived in a more sporadically placed well, not sporadic, but strategic, but sporadically placed kind of development. There's plenty of land and, and there's plenty of food. I mean, I, I went on, I went into so many grocery stores. It, the abundance of food is just overwhelming. There's plenty of food. There's plenty of land. There's plenty of resources. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow night from the angle of uh, environmentalist, conservationist, that mindset and look at that from a balanced approach. And we're going to do that tomorrow. I'm going to be here with Hope. She's going to be here with me because it's just something that I think helps us to balance the two extremes that from the standpoint of something that's more environmental or more ecological or conservatory uh, is, is often politicized and it shouldn't be politicized. And I think that it's something that affects all of us. And we should recognize that the idea we have about restriction of resources and land and uh, the availability of these things is really just a giant myth. Uh, As much as so many of the economic things that have been done, the shutting down of small businesses and the prevention of people from getting together in large groups, as much as those things themselves are these artificial systems, these artificial bubbles that don't do anything except benefit a small number of people who are making these executive, economic, political, social, et cetera, decisions that are based on control, 
and based on nothing else but control. They're based on psychology. They're not based on the science or science at all in terms of social distancing and things like that. Um, and that's something else that we'll talk about tomorrow night as well in terms of how many um, different types of, of mitigation techniques or processes that businesses and different states, as I've traveled across the country now from New York down to Florida, now I'm in Arizona, uh, that they've employed. And it's different all across the country. And it's just very interesting. And although we're going to talk about that tomorrow night, it's, it's important to start with that because we, we traveled all the way from Rochester down to West Virginia, down to Virginia, Yorktown. We went to the American Revolution Museum. We traveled down the East Coast to Savannah, Georgia, St. Augustine, Central Florida. Spent a few days in Florida because that's where, that's where I'm from. That's where I grew up, St. Pete Beach area. Uh, went down to the Everglades, just kind of dipped our toe in the Everglades. Went down to the the uh, Skunk Ape Research Facility, which really wasn't a research facility, but it was just like a gift shop. It was kind of cool. And then we left, uh, cent- went back to Central Florida from St. Pete and the Everglades. Went down to Lakeland, Florida. Went up to Lakeland, Florida. Stayed there, and that was the last broadcast we did. So. Since the last show we did, we, we went from Lakeland all the way up through the southern part of the United States, out here across Texas into New Mexico, into Arizona, and uh, right now, tonight, we're broadcasting from Mesa, from Mesa or from G- the general Phoenix, Scottsdale area of Arizona, which uh, is, even for being a big metropolitan area, uh, still better than New York. In, fa- in fact, there have been like... I don't know, we've got three or four different cases of, of people. Like When people would honk at us on the road, I'm not necessarily a great driver. I'll admit it. Uh, my driving skills work in Florida because people drive erratic there. But when, when I've been honked at a few times, I'm thinking, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I, I think they're honking because of the New York plates. And it, and it turns out, like, there have been several instances. In fact, it happened today. We were up near Flagstaff. Uh, we went to Walnut Canyon and we just pulled over to get gas. And this guy comes up behind us at the gas station. He saw the New York plates plates. And he said, he said, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry you're from New York. Um, and then actually we, we've got a couple of friends that live in, in Tucson uh, and they have New York plates still cause they lived in New York and uh, someone just came up behind them, I guess at a driving or maybe it was a red light or something. And they, they called Joe Biden a fag or something, and just assuming that because you're from New York, you must be a Biden supporter or you must be a Democrat. I don't know. I just, the perspective that I've gained driving across the country, and I've done it before. I drove from St. Pete to Boise when I moved there. I drove from Boise to Tucson when I moved there, and then I drove from Tucson to Rochester, New York. And I mean, even that experience across the Midwest was great. And then as soon as, literally, as soon as I got my moving truck into New York, I was pulled over by the authoritarian police, like within minutes of getting into New York. Um, and that was like my first big New York experience. I'm like, oh, they're going to start with the authoritarianism immediately. <laughs> and I just, I just gained this, I already had this perspective, but now I've just gained a clarification of that perspective that I hate the North. I do not like the North and I don't like certain fragments of, of the rest of the country. And I don't like saying that because the United States is really beautiful. Um, 
you know, I just, I actually, we just bought an America the Beautiful National Park Pass because it's like 80 bucks. You know, if you go to the Grand Canyon one time, that's 50. So it's a really great deal. And it is a beautiful country. America is a beautiful place. And yet there are some states that just see the need to destroy all of the beauty. Um, and not just the beauty in nature, but the beauty in what it means to be human, the, the beauty in uh, free association and, and congregation, the beauty in human connection and companionship, uh, the beauty, uh, I guess everybody has their own definition of family, but the beauty in family to whatever degree you define that word. Uh, some places just make it horrible. They just make it miserable to live there. Uh, they make it like, it's just like a nightmarish, 1984-ish, Orwellian, Huxleyan, uh, dystopian, I want to say nightmare, but I don't know if that word's even strong enough. It's like a night terror <laughs> going to some of these places. Um, and so my perspective has been, let's, let's say, strongly clarified that I do not like the North and I don't like certain states. And yes, I'll admit it. Yes, I'm, I do not like to speak about political things in a way that makes it seem as if I take a political stance because I don't necessarily take a political stance. But I can tell you this. I don't like blue states. All right, I'll say it right now on air. I don't like blue states. I mean, why? what do you have to like in a blue state nowadays? You have authoritarian lockdowns. You have places like L.A. where the mayor says, I'll shut your power off if you have family over. Shut your power off. And it's just like, why would you want to live in a place like that? Why would you want to live in California or Oregon where the governor there said, we're just having extended lockdowns. It's just, I, I read in the news, it's indefinite now. Lockdowns, masking, social distancing, everything is indefinite. Why would you want to live in that place? Plus, these blue states are supposed to be so wonderfully environmentally friendly. And yet, the last time I drove into L.A., I could see smog from 45 minutes away that just got stronger as I came into the city. Or... You know, let's take Portland, Oregon, for example. Beautiful, beautiful city. I mean, Oregon, California, beautiful places. But you drive into Oregon and it looks like a trash truck just forgot to put the back hatch down and it just dumped piles of trash all along the sides of the interstate. I mean, there's even a, there's a, there's like, I don't know what the app's called, but there's an app you can download, I think, in Portland where it shows you where feces has been identified because so many people just literally defecate on the street. Why would you want to live in a place like that? Okay, I get I get it. I get it. Some people can just override that with the beauty or with their job or with all their family and friends. I understand that. But I'm just saying from a, from the perspective I've gained traveling across the country and going to places like Florida, which I I'm from there, but it's I guess politically speaking, it's a much better place to live. Uh, now than probably even when I grew up there as a kid. Uh, Texas kind of surprised me a little bit in terms of the way that they were running that state. But just in general, it's just so so much beauty across the country, but in places where you can actually be a free human being, or at least you can be substantially more free than if you went to a place like California, it's just incredibly beautiful. And I'll tell you one, something else I read today that I thought was interesting. And I don't like taking not just political sides, but I don't really like supporting politicians. This governor in Florida, man, Ron DeSantis, give, can this guy run for president, please? 
you think Donald Trump was a great president. I didn't like Donald Trump. I would vote for Ron DeSantis. This guy, here's a quote. Ron DeSantis uh, uh, made a statement of, on Fox News, I guess. This was yesterday or earlier today. He just passed uh, the, uh, the, the, the COVID-19 vaccine passport ban which also includes, from what I was reading, that they're going to roll back for the whole state all the COVID-19 restrictions. Now, some businesses can still do what they want to do, but within the guidelines of the new state law. And the governor of, of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said, quote, you have a right to participate in society without them asking you to divulge this type of health information relating to your vaccines and whatnot. Just to go to a movie, just to go to a ball game. And then he talks about, as he discussed on Fox News, how he's going to be signing the bill. Now, well, that's Fox News. What are you, a Republican? Well, let me tell you this. If Republicans want me to be happy and free and they don't want to control my life, then yeah, I'll admit it. I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. Okay? If a Democrat wants me to be free and lets me associate without putting a gun barrel in my face with people I want to talk to, then yeah, I'm a Democrat. I'm a liberal. Okay, it's not about politics. It's about who can allow people to make their minds up for themselves because they believe in freedom of thought and freedom of association and freedom of not going to go. You're not going to go to jail like in New York for defending yourself on the street from somebody trying to mug you. You know, you come to states like Arizona. Holy, holy hell. I came. I was reading the gun laws in every state. You come to Arizona. It's like. They just lock and load a gun for you and give it to you at the border. Literally, the state law in, 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 in places like California, you can't even really buy a gun. You go to Arizona, it's like you can have a gun without a permit, without a license. You can keep it loaded in your car, displayed. And it's like in places like I feel so safe in places like this because I just don't, you know, I don't have people coming up to me trying to rob me. Like we've stayed at a, we are at a rest stop and I think it was South and North Carolina and some guy at like two, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning came over and he's asking, you know, can you help me out? I need help with my car. Personally, I'm not buying it. And I imagine if I had a loaded revolver sitting on the dashboard, I doubt that guy would have come over to my car. Now, that's just speculation, but I doubt that guy would have come over to my car. In places like Arizona, you can defend yourself. I mean, why wouldn't you want to defend yourself? Why, why wouldn't you want to just be able to freely participate in society? I like Ron DeSantis. I like what this guy's doing in Florida. And I know that places like Texas, even though I don't really like their governor that much, I think that Texas is doing similar stuff. South Dakota, they've got a great governor. Arizona has a decent governor. I mean, there are states where you can actually be free. And you're per- even knowing that and having been living in New York for the last couple of years, my perspective was greatly expanded. I'm like, oh, there are places you can go where you can still defend yourself and people encourage it. They don't look at you like you're insane for saying, I'm going to defend myself if somebody tries to rob me. You know, they don't look at you like you're insane if you decide, you know what, I can't breathe in a facial covering, especially when I'm in like 90% humidity in a swamp in Florida or when I'm in like 115 degree weather in Arizona. I can't breathe in this damn thing, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it off. You know, now I've seen a lot of businesses. I saw one today that said, if you have symptoms of COVID-19, please don't come inside. Otherwise, you're welcome. That sounds reasonable to me. I don't particularly believe in SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19 as being a, a, a viral particulate that causes disease. There's something there, of course, that's being identified. But 
Even so, like, yeah, sure, if, you ha- if you're not feeling well, that's the general rule anyway. Like, if you don't feel good, you don't go to school, and you don't go to work, sh- when did that rule change? So it's not, this isn't a COVID-19 show, but it's such a part of our world and a part of our, it's cultural now. I mean, I've, I've staying places, uh, Airbnb, uh, hotel, um, we were able to stay with Hope's aunt and uncle out in, uh, out in Texas, and we had a little TV here or there, and just watching a little bit of news or watching anything, there's like vaccine commercials. Did you see the Samuel Adams vaccine commercial where the guy from Boston, he passes out and he wakes up and he's like, did I, did I get the shot, doc? And she says, no, you didn't get it. You passed out. And he, she's like, roll up your sleeve. And he rolls up his sleeve and she gives him the shot. And as she's giving him the shot, she's like, all right, keep wearing your mask and just gives him the shot. And he walks out and tells everybody, hey, it's real cool. Just go in there and get you a shot. It ain't, it ain't, that, it ain't that difficult. It's really good. You know, and it's just all. And then there's like a, 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 a commercial sponsored by like Bono, you know, which I'm sure has connections to Obama. It's just it's just such a, it's so ingrained now. But let's just say we we forget that that talk for a moment. I love other things about the South. Here's something else I love about the South. Gas is cheaper, like substantially cheaper in the South. Here's something else I like. I can go to the grocery store and I can actually get plastic bags and I can use those plastic bags over and over and over again. Now, most of you know how I feel about plastic. All right. I would take plastic over paper any day for numbers, a number of reasons for the amount of resources that plastic saves for the amount of energy that plastic saves, the amount of money that plastic saves for many different reasons. But you could also bring your own bag. All right, so I'll make that statement. But I like going to the store and seeing the plastic bag personally. I like going to places and seeing that they still have plastic straws and they don't try to cram a metal straw down your esophagus. I like going to places where the weather is actually nice. <laughs> you know, I like going to places where I can defend myself. I like going to places where the governor tells me he just wants me to be happy and he actually means it and says, live your life like you want to live your life. And you know, you'd think that people would flock to places like that. And this is a little circumstantial, I'll admit it. It's a little bit little empirical. But people are flocking to places like that. People are flocking to Florida, and they're flocking to places like Arizona, and they're flocking to places like Idaho. Yeah, you have massive blue centers in these states, Austin, Texas, or Orlando, Florida, or you know parts of Tucson and Phoenix are blue, and then the rest of the state's solid red. And then Idaho's entirely red except for a little communist compound in Boise. And that's, you know, people are flocking there. But one thing I've, I've noticed is that, okay, let me, let me just put it this way. I spoke to my friend Jack, who lives in Boise, Idaho. And Jack told me, and he's been telling me this for a while, and I, and I, I knew about this a couple of years ago because Jack and I had talked about it. I think we even discussed it on air. There's been a steady, but probably increasing in, in speed, it's been increasing in speed and intensity. There's been a steady increase of people coming to places like Boise, Idaho, and 
the city is greatly expanding. They can't keep up with the amount of people coming there, and the construction is just outrageous from what I've, I've been told by Jack. He said it's out of control. It's everywhere. I haven't been there in a couple of years, so I don't know. But when I lived there, the construction could not keep up with the influx of people coming into the city. Uh, and not just U.S. citizens. They were, they were busing illegal immigrants to Boise and busing homeless people to Boise as well. So Boise really turned in, into this this not-so-great place to live. Oh, you're saying homeless people and immigrants are bad. No, I'm saying that if you, if you literally are shipping homeless people and drugs and feces and needles, if you're shipping Portland to Boise, yeah, Boise ain't going to be that nice of a place to live. Now, if you're shipping immigrants there, well, that's fine if they're legal, if they're participating in society, if they're going to the college, if they have jobs, not if Boise taxpayers are footing the bill for their new Nikes and their new house with a swimming pool in the Boise Hills that apparently the Boise Hills are slated for destruction. They've already started demolishing some of the foothills around the city. And they're not, I'm not saying they're putting immigrants there. I'm just saying that the city itself is expanding rapidly and there's so many people coming there, and now it's just it's not really a great place to live. In comparison with other cities in the U.S., in comparison with Los Angeles, yes. But the problem is places like Los Angeles and places like San Diego and places like, I'm sure, every San Francisco, you name it, they're emptying. Now, not in large enough numbers to notice, like, oh, there's a mass migration, but there's so many people coming from California to Idaho that the property values have gone through the roof. So I'll just give you an example. A friend of mine is telling me that uh, his sister bought had bought a house in, in the Boise area for $500,000, half a million. Now, to me, that's if I had that much money, I'd never work again in my life. So if anybody has $500,000 they want to donate, <laughs> you can donate it. Uh, rdgable at yahoo.com is the email for PayPal. 500 grand. I'll send you three autograph books. I'll come visit you. I'll live with you for a while. We'll do radio together. So uh, 500 grand. Within two years, people just came in. They, they put a million plus down on the house. They more than doubled the asking price for the house. Uh, and that's happening all over Boise. It's happening all over Idaho. So I had that conversation with Jack, uh, my friend Jack. And then, um, because it's he's seen everywhere. He's got other friends that live there family that live there that have dealt with this. It's just literally a $200,000 house that somebody from LA is coming in and being like, yeah, I'll give you 3 million for it. And I'm of course, if I had a $200,000 house and someone said, I'll give you 3 million for it. You know, I've got a, a crappy Toyota Corolla. I paid two grand for it, three grand for it. If someone came to me and said, I'll give you 60,000 for it. I'd be like, yeah, please take it. 60,000. Sure. I'll get rid of it. You know, I'll, I'll spit on it and shine the windshield for you. For sixty thousand dollars, you know, <laughs> so of course they're gonna they're gonna take that money. That's a lot of money. But then, you know, when Hope and I traveled through Texas, we were at her aunt and uncle's um, around around the general area of of Lake L LBJ, which is still seven hours east of El Paso and, and New Mexico. And uh, they were saying something similar, that just there are people, particularly from California, that are coming there in mass, and they're putting huge amounts of money down on places. They're doing the same thing they're doing in Idaho. And, now, I mean, that's in the United States, so that's one thing. But earlier tonight, we were driving back from Flagstaff and Walnut Canyon. Um, we were going to go to the Meteor Crater. We drove to it, and then I realized it was like 
$18 a person, $20 a person. And I was like, I'm not, we're not going to pay $40 to go see a, a meteor crater. Um, even if I had the money, that's just, to me, that's a lot of money. So we drove back from there and we're driving home and getting down into the Phoenix area. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to call my friend, Teresa. She's, she's been on the show before too. We used to go to contact in the desert together. Of course, they're not having that in person this year. They're having a digital event. Uh, and so I call, call up Teresa and Teresa starts telling me something very similar, unprovoked. She starts telling me that um, we get into the conversation about how Canada, and she's in British Columbia, It's bro- they've broken the area up. She lives uh, just, I think, west of Vancouver, and she lives in the Victoria area. They've broken it up into segments into into sections into into zones quarantine zones and they can't leave their their little quarantine zones and so she said well if you if you were to come to canada you can at the border as an american tell them you're driving to alaska they'll let you through and then if you're i said well what about coming back and i said if i'm an american i assume i can come back she's like yeah they'll let you back into america if you tell them you you're coming from alaska but when she told me that, she said that she saw you know somebody driving around in in that area with California plates on, and she's like, I don't think they they obviously didn't drive to Alaska; they drove to Victoria or they drove to Vancouver somewhere in there. And when she said California, she said, you know, a lot of the properties around here, a lot of the places around that area, there's a lot of people from California coming to there to to there Victoria. I mean, it's it's north like north northwest of Seattle. It's very close. You can take a ferry um, across the imaginary border in the water there and go up to Victoria um, or just go right into Canada because Seattle's so close. And uh, Californians are coming to Victoria and doing the same thing they're doing in Boise, the same thing they're doing in Texas, the same thing they're doing here in parts of Arizona and, and pretty much across the rest of the country. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of people in California, but why are so many people coming from California? Why are so many people leaving? I'm not saying these are bad people. Uh, I have a friend who just moved from California to, to to Phoenix, Arizona, for the same reason. They didn't. They didn't. They couldn't deal with. Well, it's probably the main reason all these people are leaving California. Outrageous taxes, outrageous political oppression, outrageous authoritarianism, nightmarish lockdowns, and an authoritarian metal or iron fist that's been put on every small business and every little tiny family why would you want to live in that nightmare and that's a rhetorical question it's it's actually answered by the empirical and the circumstantial evidence of all the people pouring out of california and going other places now of course it's very unfortunate because those people that are leaving a lot of them are not just bringing their their wealth i'm sure a lot of them earned it you know, and they deserve every dollar and every penny they have, but they're bringing something else with them. I'll tell you what they're bringing with them in just a moment, but I want to remind you that you're listening to The Secret Teachings Radio right here on The Fringe FM. We're broadcasting tonight from Mesa, Phoenix area of Arizona. This is the third travel log I've done since I've been on the cross-country trip. Um, and I like to make clear that taking a trip like this does not have to be expensive. We've not spent a lot of money. We've been lucky to have a few places to stay. People have let us stay. And uh, we've been lucky to have um, uh, a car uh, as well that's gotten us around. Um, decent gas mileage and 
You know, we don't eat out every night, so it doesn't cost a lot of money. So you can do this relatively cheap. And if you can just change your perception of having to have, you know, travel done in a certain way, you can really see a lot of a lot of the country and not just the beauty of America and a, the beauty of nature, but you can see the beauty of other places in the country where if you're coming from an authoritarian state like Oregon or a state like New York, you realize, oh, the rest of the country isn't like this. And, oh, they're also not dying. And, oh, they're not burning bodies in the street. Oh, they're all just partying at the beach. <laughs> they're all going to the grocery store and they're getting food and they're having family get togethers. They're going to work. They're going to school and everybody's just fine. No big deal. So you gain that perspective. It doesn't cost a lot of money to really travel if you do it in the right way. And of course, money is very, it's very, um, it's relative, obviously. Um, and I like to let you guys know that we do this show on such a small budget. I mean, for years, we never even had subscription services or anything. Uh, and we were able to get by. But as we grew and we started doing five nights a week, uh, it, it, it became a job over the last five years. And so now we do the show Monday through Friday, new Monday through Friday. A lot of times on Friday, we do a best of show. I would like to, in the very near future, make Friday night a call-in show. That's my goal soon. Um, of course, I'd like to move out here to the desert and do a, do a Friday night call-in show, some old Art Bell-style radio. And uh, I want to thank all of you for supporting the show. We've, we've been able to basically hit a target financial goal every month with subscriptions and books, and a few people have donated this month. And I like to tell you guys directly, it, it's not a lot of money. It's only about $700 a month that I make off of radio. And I know for most people that's just that's dirt. That's chump change. That's like the taxes on their, you know, on their, their property taxes or something. But to me, that's a lot of money. And if I could make about a thousand, I'd be sitting pretty with the radio. I'd be able to bring you a lot more content. So if you'd like to continue to support the show, I welcome you to do that. And it will allow us to continue to do the types of things we do Friday, uh, Monday through Friday, right here on the fringe. But if you haven't supported the show, I invite you, please grab a book on the website, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, or The Technological Elixir. Uh, they're huge books, so much content. I'll autograph it for you. It's free shipping in the United States. We do ship internationally. Uh, we can do drop ships to you. Or you can simply subscribe to the archive to get access to every single show after it airs. You can download it. You can stream it. Take it with you. Read the show notes now through Captivate on our website www.thesecretteachings.info when you subscribe for a whole year you get a copy of either the technological elixir or food philosophy and if you are buying the books please buy them directly through the website whether it's the books the subscriptions the subscription book deal all of that supports the show helps us to do five nights a week monday through friday on the fringe it also supports the network because of our um our our spot here on the fringe fm and you can go to www.thesecretteachings.info. You can see the Donate Subscribe page there. It's pretty simple. If you have any questions about that or anything at all, you want to just message me for something, rdgable at yahoo.com. And here very soon, I'm going to tell you why I think all the people are leaving California and, and the problem with that and other places that are more blue. But I also want to let you know that here in a moment, I'm going to read out a few uh, listener shout-outs and... Um, 
from emails and from Facebook. Uh, you know, just throw you guys back, you know, your name on air or something and uh, let you know how much I appreciate you supporting the show. Uh, I've never done something like this travel radio. So this is new to me and I appreciate you guys supporting us through the, um, the transition through this, this whole trip um, where I've just, I've gained a, gained a, I get a clearer perspective on the world and I learned how much I love the South again and how much I love freedom and how much I love uh, self-defense and being able to carry a gun and being able to pretty much do whatever the hell I want to do as long as I don't bother other people. You know, just decent common sense. But you don't have that in places really like California. So people don't like it. So they start leaving and they go to other places. They go to Idaho. They go to Arizona. They go to Texas. They go to Victoria, British Columbia. And my friend Jack said they're People are pouring into Boise from California. They're putting down double the price for houses. Housing rates are going through the roof. Same thing's happening in Victoria, Vancouver, British Columbia. My friend Teresa just told me this tonight. Totally unrelated to what my friend Jack told me in in the Boise area. And then, of course, um, uh, Hope, my my fiance Hope, her aunt and uncle said the same thing. uh, Totally unrelated to what my other two friends said. They said the same thing's happening in Texas. I know the same thing's happening here in Arizona. Why? Why would they be leaving? Well, I know a lot of the reason. Uh, a lot of the reasons tend to circulate around the politics of California, but not so much the direct politics. It, it it kind of just it revolves around the outcome of those politics. And what's unfortunate, and this is the reason why I think that, that so many people are leaving, but they don't even know why they're leaving. They're leaving because of the outcome of the politics, the sky-high taxes, the outrageous, you know, as much as they're paying double the price for homes elsewhere, California is so unbelievably overpriced that they're getting good deals. So the price for a home, the price to rent, the price to live in general for goods, the taxes, the authoritarian measures, the you won't go outside and leave your home or I'll shut your power and your water off, the mayor of Los Angeles, and he just smiles through it like a little demon and laughs about it. I mean, it is the same. It's same thing in a lot of places like Oregon. It's not. It's not something where you know you can isolate the exact reason. But generally speaking, I think a lot of people are leaving those places because even though they might not recognize it's the politics, it's the outcome of those politics. So they're coming to places where you don't have the same outcomes. The problem with that is they're bringing with them the ideology that led to those poor political decisions, that led to those political outcomes, that led to those people leaving those states. So it really, unfortunately, becomes a real, true, viral contagion. And it spreads to other states. And then those states start to succumb to the exact same things that California and Oregon and other places succumb to. I'll name a few of them. Trash and filth, because environmentalists apparently love trash and filth. Why is it every conservative state I've ever been, like Texas. Texas was one of the cleanest places I've been to. How is that if they hate the environment in Texas? How is it that Oregon and Portland, they just, they love the environment, but it's one of the trashiest, filthiest, dirtiest, most disgusting, STD-ridden, fecal material all over the road and the sidewalk places I've ever been in my life. I mean, it's like, it's probably, I've never been to India. It's probably like, it's close to India in Portland. It's freaking disgusting. But no, they love the environment there. 
But the point is, they're bringing those political ideologies with them. Now, you might think, well, this is the political. You're taking a side. No, I'm simply making an observation. My observation is, why is it that those places are coming to places like this? I think it's time to, to recognize there ain't no Democratic Party, okay? There's one party left. That party politically is the United States of America and the principles for which this country was founded on. And if you don't agree with that, you're not really in a political party. You're in a revolutionary party that wants to upset and overturn those basic founding principles. I think that's really the bottom line. Now, there's a historical angle to that we don't have time to get into tonight, but if you listen to the show, you probably know all about it. I just want to be free. I just want to be happy. I just want to live under, if I'm living under a government that's protecting my rights, I want to live in a place like, you know, under Ron DeSantis, all right? I want to live in a place like Florida where the guy's like, you know, just have fun, all right? Go to the beach, have fun. If you want to get a vaccine, do it. I don't really care. That's, That's what government's supposed to do. They're supposed to govern people and guide them, not mandate and make authoritative directives. And then I love how, you know, I love how people get upset. Well, you can't do that. The federal government said this or that. Well, well, well hold on a second. That's why we have state governments, because federal, the federal government might become, you know, tyrannical. And then we have individual states that can preserve the principles and the Constitution that they believe in. And that they were founded on, right? That's the whole point in having multiple states. Because if you don't have multiple states, then you get a dictator like Justin Trudeau who broke broke segments of the provinces in Canada up into like FEMA zones where people can't leave their FEMA zone. Okay? If Canada had individ, like tiny individual states like Rhode Island, New York, California, Texas, Arizona, Missouri, Kansas, Idaho, if one state fell to tyranny... There's a bunch of other ones you can run to. All right, that's the American experiment. That's why we have borders. That's why we have individual states. And that's all that I'll say about that tonight. And this is just a really great example of why that still matters now, perhaps more than ever, or at least equal to the ever of American history and even world history. This is one of the only countries in the world we have the same kind, these kinds of uh, concepts and ideas that have really been advanced in the way that they've been advanced other countries yes other countries are great too there are lots of other things that you can do in places uh, in europe or places like asia there are some places in asia uh, that you can do things you really it's not really a thing you can do here in the united states but we're not going to get into all of that Uh, for those of you who are just joining us i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings this is our travel log part three tomorrow night will be part four and uh, hope will also be joining us tomorrow to talk about Things like uh, land and food and how there's a lot of it and how these ideas that there's no land, there's no food and the whole world's sinking into, uh, you know, a depraved, desolate a world. It kind of looks like Wally, you know, where there's like no grass left and these robots are picking up all the trash. That's Portland. That's not the rest of the world. OK, I've been through Texas. It took me freaking 12, 14, 16 hours to drive across that state, you know, unless you go to Houston, Austin or San Antonio, or Dallas, there ain't nothing in that state, folks. All right, there is nothing in the state of Texas. I drove it, there's nothing there. All right, same thing in most of the rest of the, the country. There's, there's nothing there for literally hundreds of miles. You go to Nevada, I mean, what's in Nevada? Las Vegas, and uh, what, D- dust, dirt, there's Rachel, and there's a few other little, t- little towns. There's nothing there. It's big, there's a lot of land. Okay, that's the point. Uh, I want to thank... Everybody who emailed the show 
and congratulated me and hope on our engagement. I want to thank everybody who congratulated us on that. I want to thank you all, not just for supporting the show and congratulating us, but thank you for like participating and being a part of our trip. I really appreciate it. I know hope appreciates it too. Um, it's just been really wonderful to see uh, how much support uh, I've gotten for the show, despite the fact that I've been off air for two weeks and have a few few more weeks of uh, being off air left. We'll, we'll, we'll still do the travel logs, though. Uh, but Tim Beck, Tim Beck sent us an email, said, I was listening. Happy for you and your future wife. Awesome, bro. Thank you, Tim Beck. Uh, Dave, Dave said, have a great trip. I'll pull this up. Have a great trip. And he said, hello, Ryan and Hope. Uh, it was very sweet that you both, uh, or it was very sweet that you both, to, there's a typo there. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> uh, basically, Dave's saying it was very sweet that you and Hope both came on the show tonight and gave us a description of your trip so far. I did not know that you were traveling so far around the country. And he asked me if I was still in my Prius. No, Dave, I'm not in my Prius. I sold that a long time ago because it just... It wasn't doing it for me. It wasn't working that well. But uh, I appreciate the support, Dave, and uh, Tim Beck as well. Uh, Vaughn Davis, thank you, Vaughn. Vaughn said, congratulations to you both on your betrothal. Good word choice. Uh, And tell Hope she doesn't need to be nervous. We all love to hear from her. He also suggested that Tucson should be part of Mexico because the cartels are very entrenched in Tucson. <laughs> I lived in Tucson. It really wasn't it really wasn't bad. Tucson's a nice place to live. Now if you go down to like the Oregon as it or yeah, the Oregon cactus pipe forest and tombstone and Bisbee, yeah, then it's it's really bad. It's really close to the border and I, I don't, I've never lived there. But I mean, I guess compared to I mean, hell, dude, if the cartel was operating in Tucson, I'd rather operate with the cartel than I would than I would, uh, you know, the government of New York, <laughs> right? Maybe not directly, but I can tell you what, they both kill a lot of people. Uh, I got some more emails. Let's see who, who, who else emailed us. We've got a lot of people that, that bought books. Susan, uh, Suzanne or Susan button got a copy of food philosophy. Um, Natasha Richmond got a copy of occult arcana said, I hope that you, Fox and Hope, are all doing well. I absolutely love the show and everything you stand for. The secret teachings gets me through my nine-hour days in the factory. Oh, and then Natasha also added something else. I love What I love most about the show and the info you put out here is that you do your own investigating and you're not spreading misinformation. You give us the freedom to truly be, quote-unquote, woke and stay that way. I tell all my friends and family about your podcast and The Fringe. Appreciate that support in the fringe too, Natasha. So thank you for all that you're uh, all that you do, all your hard work, and thank you so much. Uh, thank you all. Thank you so much for what you do and all your hard work. Keep on keeping on. It's working, and you are doing wonderful things, Natasha. Thank you very much. Uh, if you ordered a book, obviously I'm traveling, but I'll get those books out to you as soon as possible. Uh, if you're getting a subscription, obviously I'll get that to you asap as well. I do have my computer and my whole setup here to get that done. I'm just not on it every single day. I do have another email here. Dean Lobsher. Congratulations on your engagement. My name is Dean. I live in northern New York. Dean, get out of New York. (laughs) Uh, He said, I pop in and listen every now and then. Listen to you and hope. 
Uh, I think there's another typo here. But comment on your trip this morning. Uh, enjoyed hearing about your travels. Dean is retired Air Force. Used to travel all the time. Recommended going to the Coral Castle. Didn't get to go to the Coral Castle. It was like way down, way down through the Everglades. It was probably four hours where where we were. Oh, and then he, I wanted to give a shout out to Sean Holitcher. I hope that's how you pronounce your last name, Sean Holitcher. Uh, he lives in, I want to give your exact location out, but Southern Texas. Um, lives with his quote unquote cool wife. Both of them love the secret teachings. And uh, he, he wanted to take us to dinner. Uh, Sean, we were moving past you uh, when I read this email. We were already out on our way out of Texas. Um, I would have loved to have had dinner with you and your cool wife. And I'm sure, I know, well, actually Hope said that would have been cool too. So I'm sure Hope would have enjoyed that just as much as I would have. I don't want to speak for her though, but I'm, I'm sure she'd love that. I would love that. Talking to listeners from all over the world. It's, it's awesome. Uh, Thank you, Sean, for for sending me that and welcoming me out to your property. Uh, he said he owns a ranch kind of close to the border. I'm sure that that would be interesting. I mean, hell, if you if you have something you want to share with us, Sean, we can we can bring you on the show. Uh, just email me at rdgable at yahoo.com like you did before. Maybe we'll bring you on the show uh, on the show and talk about it. Uh, Jason, Jason emailed us. I don't have a last name for Jason, or that you know I don't really give out the last names usually, but. Uh, Jason emailed us and hope the road trip is going well. I'm pretty sure that's what you said you were doing last time I heard you live on the Fringe FM. I remember your shows about health and eating as they always seem to stick in my mind. I used to weigh nearly 20-something around that time. I remember you... Oh, interesting. Oh, so I guess we helped Jason lose some weight just by doing some of those food shows. I'll have to read that email more thoroughly. I will get back to you. Uh, Jason, thank you very much for the email. Uh, of course, uh, Joseph Lavelle, a good friend in Idaho, messaged us uh, just about some general stuff, sent me some documents. Uh, new subscribers, we got Jamie Cook subscribed, uh, James Bell, and uh, Ryan Withers set up a monthly donation with the show for $15 a month. Thank you so much, Ryan, for that donation. Let's jump on Facebook real quick. I'm using my Black Mirror phone right now, by the way. It's an old one, so it takes a moment to load. Um, man, I do not like that there's any kind of like reliance on this phone. I hate that so much. Oh, and then this just popped up. Is this real? Hold on a second. ABC News. This is reported. This is what happens when I get on Facebook. There's like a link to ABC News, CNN, something. I click on it, and it's just... Uh, I don't know. Is this, let me see if this is real. It says Bill Gates... And Melinda Gates are ending their marriage. Well, were they really married? No, it's four minutes ago, May third, twenty twenty one. Bill, Bill, literally, this was a few hours ago. Bill and Melinda, is that four hours? Yeah, just a few hours ago. Bill and Melinda Gates announced they are getting divorced. Why would they get divorced in the middle of this pandemic, where they're doing all these wonderful things with and for each other? Maybe she's going back to Zeta Reticuli. I don't know. Maybe he's going back to Zeta Reticuli. Look at these two people. They literally look like space aliens. Jesus Christ. That's ABC News. I want to post that on the Facebook page. Put it on there. Oh, my God. They look, they look, look like aliens. Okay, this is why I get caught up in stuff. All right, we're going to go to Facebook, and we're going to click on Ryan Gable. You can find me on Facebook, Ryan Gable, or 
facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. I want to give a big shout out to Simon Thompson. Thank you, Simon, for the balanced, logical commentary on the marijuana show that we did. I've been meaning to thank you. Hope told me to thank you as well. It was a wonderful comment you left on the show promo on Facebook, a very balanced comment about marijuana, because I had some people rip me apart on the marijuana show, you know, but he was very nice. You, you were very, very nice. Thank you so much, Simon, Simon or Simon Thompson. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, but I appreciate that and your support. Uh, let's see. Let's go through a few of these in the few minutes we have left here. Uh, Bradley Roberts, glad to see you're both enjoying yourself. Thank you, Bradley, for always supporting the show out there in Australia. Uh, Eric Thurman, I bought all of your books and I read all of them. You and your girl look so happy. I'm listening every night. Love you, man. Thank you very much, Eric. Uh, Tamala Sgroy. Sgroy. I think Tamala. Let's go with Tamala. Thank you, Tamala. Uh, of course, Teresa Jordan, longtime listener of The Secret Teachings. Thank you so much, Teresa. Uh, we might get to stop and see Teresa up in Oregon if I don't, you know, get arrested on orders of the governor because that's an authoritarian state. Uh, Drew Santilli. I haven't spoken to Drew for a while. You rock, Ryan. Glad you're enjoying yourself. You deserve it. Thank you. My aunt, uh, Deborah, also commented on this. Um, Craig Golston. You must visit Roswell and see the McDonald's. I knew Clyde Lewis did like a McDonald's a live show from McDonald's, and I really, really wanted to go to Roswell, but it's it was so far out of the way. And you know, you think, well, I can go an hour to this, I can go an hour to that, and an hour to that, and before you know it, you're seven hours away from where you're staying, and you know, that's the rest of the night driving back. So I would love. I'm going to go to Roswell soon. I'm going to go to Roswell if I move out here. I'm going to Roswell. I'm going to the, the Pink Sands in Utah. I'm going to uh, Zion Park. I'm going to the Oregon Pipe Forest. I'm going to everything if I move out here. Uh, and then Teresa Moody. I just talked to Teresa tonight. Uh, love to see that smile. Glad you're having an amazing time. I don't know if Teresa's listening to the show tonight, but thank you so much, Teresa. And, uh, oh, there's, a, there's so many comments on these other pictures we've been putting up uh, on Facebook Thank you so much, everybody who supported the show. We got, wow, that's the most likes I've ever gotten on photographs. There's a picture of Hope and I in Florida and then a picture of me and George Washington at Yorktown. I got 124 likes. I never get likes on Facebook. I appreciate that. I'm going to give a shout out to everybody real quick. Gina Watson, Tony Bly, Dino Favero. I always have trouble pronouncing your name, Dino. Uh, Rascala Stefan, he even said safe travels. Thank you, Rascala. Uh, I know he's down there in Florida. Uh, Bat Merck, Harley Price. I know you live in Texas, Harley. I think still live in Texas. Melissa Martell, Don Lester from that big book that I love so much. Don Lester, David Parker, Richie Jones, Karen Keating, Burton Bergey, Nick Williams, uh, David Farr, Vicky. Uh, I can never pronounce your last name. Vicky C. David Barsky. Thank you so much, David. Uh, David's a big fan of the show. Oh, and then also we got a uh, got a got a little email, uh, Facebook IM thread going with Ryan Telberg, uh, who was nice enough to offer us a place at his Airbnb. So thank you so much, Ryan. Hopefully, be taking you up on that. You know, I really wish I could have met some other listeners. I've never done a cross country trip like this, so. I didn't know how exactly to do it 
And I got to be careful because some people are nuts. <laughs> I don't want to deal with nuts. If you want to meet me, you come meet me in Arizona, okay? Because I am packing heat in Arizona. And I'm serious. Like in Arizona, you come meet me in Arizona. If it goes down, it's going to be a shootout at the OK Corral, all right? That's all I can tell you. I, <laughs> I'm, if you want to meet me, I'm in Arizona, all right? I'm locked. I'm loaded. If you're nuts, I got a way to defend myself. But in all seriousness, if I can move out here, this is going to be this is going to be like the next step in life. Broadcasting from the high desert. This is Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings. I, you know what? I I stayed. One of the big things I went to White Sands, and uh, Hope loved White Sands. Like that, White Sands is amazing. Uh, we stayed at a Bureau Land Management camping site after that, and um, for the first time in a while, it was night out. I'm in the desert. I popped on Art Bell. I was listening to Art Bell. And I might have to do a show just on, I might have to do a show just about listening to old Art Bell. I listened to Art Bell and I listened to it the next day. And there was, there were people calling into Art Bell and making these predictions about Y2K. And it, it, it was just like so, <laughs> the same things that people have made predictions of in the last couple of years. People were doing that on Art Bell in the late 1990s, the same exact kinds of predictions. And guess what? None of them ever came true. They never, ever, ever came true. So the next time you've got your credit card ready and you're about to donate to Cosmic Disclosure Scams and you're about to give one of those super chats to David Wilcock, just remember, just remember, the predictions didn't come true in the 90s. They're not going to come true in the 20th century, all right? I guess the bottom line. I'm Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for tuning in to The Secret Teachings tonight. I think we covered a lot. I hope that you enjoyed the travel update number three. We'll have a fourth one tomorrow. Uh, Hope will be with us as well. You want to say hi? She just came in. Yeah, I'll say hi. I'll talk to you guys a little bit more tomorrow, okay? Thank you for supporting Hope. She was nervous. <laughs> Are you nervous now? Nah, nah. I've gotten a little more comfortable. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. www.thesecretteachings.info. You can subscribe. Get access to the whole show archive, everything. It's on there with all the books Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir. You buy a book, you subscribe, it supports the show. It allows us to do this five nights a week on the Fringe FM, and it supports the network as well. You can email us at rdgable, rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. And then, of course, social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Keep emailing us, keep sending us messages, keep supporting the show. And we'll keep supporting you in the ways that we do. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. That will be tomorrow night, May 4th, 2021. Tonight, May 3rd, 2021. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.
time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings. But don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.